And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Genesis 2.25. One of my favorite verses with regards to marriage in the Bible. Yeah. It's one of mine too, but probably not for the same reasons, Nathan. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's get into that. Before we jump into today's episode, we just wanted to share a few things with you. First, we'd like you to like this episode and then subscribe to our podcast. If you're doing that on YouTube, also hit the bell notification so that you know when we post anything new and then share this with somebody that you feel like would be this would be beneficial for. That's right. If you would like to support our show further, we would welcome that. You are welcome to do that at anchor.fm slash marriage by design to check out your options for supporting the program financially. Otherwise, guys, the links to our social media are always in the description of every video, so feel free to check those out there. And now, let's get to the show. Hey, everybody. I'm Nate Warnock. I'm Andrea Warnock. And you have reached us for Marriage Monday on the Marriage by Design podcast. This is a show that we release every Monday where we talk about God's design for marriage according and revealed to us in his scripture and how we can put that plan into practice in our lives. Right. And right now we are kind of working through the Bible from Genesis and then moving forward and talking about what the Bible has to say about marriage or not even specifically marriage, but um, things that we that we pull out of the Bible that really can apply to marriage. Yeah, that, I mean, that's right. You know, we, we, we do a lot of practical shows mm-hmm. on this channel and we've got two seasons full of those that you can go back and look and love to have you do that. But we wanted to really get into the doctrine of marriage. marriage. Um, and so that's what we're doing. And so as you heard in the opening, we are talking about Genesis 2, verse 25. So this is fresh off of verse 24, which says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to and, and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Which we talked about last week. We talked about that a week ago. Um, so love to have you check that out. But this week we're talking about the very next verse, 25, which says, And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Mm-hmm. So the way that this uh, episode sort of is going to work is we're going to talk a little bit um, and, and you know, we'll, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll talk first and then I'll have Andrea share about what this verse means to each of us individually as we've studied this over the years. Uh, and then we'll kind of talk a little bit together about practically what does this mean for our marriages. Sound mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, again, verse 25 says, And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So we have this situation. This is pre-fall, right? We're about to get to chapter 3, which is the fall of man. So this is before that. And as we talked about last week, God designed marriage before the fall of man. This idea of a man and a woman shall leave their parents and be joined together, cleaved together as one. And and that cleave together means making inseparable, right? You're going to become one. Um, and so uh, first thing we're going to do is shut my phone's ringer off. Mm-hmm. That's annoying. All right. <clears throat> so uh, what does it mean then to become one? Well, the very next verse, I think, is insightful in that. 
Adam and Eve were one. They didn't know any better, right? I mean, it was just Adam was all alone and now Eve was here and God said, okay, well, for this reason, you're going to come together as one, uh, what we call marriage. And then they went, okay, we're one. And she didn't have any clothing on and he didn't have any clothing on. But the, the last part is the part we really need to hone in on. And they were not ashamed. Yeah, I think there's so much pre-fall that we can't, truly understand how do you mean you know i cannot imagine living my life naked well right but you need a little context here like if i could shower with clothes on i would shower with clothes on i was gonna say that your policy on naked is never i mean that's not my policy but right but i mean if you could do it that way right yeah i like my clothes (laughs) right and i like when she doesn't have clothes on so (laughs) but but really, I, I think there's so many things about pre-fall that we cannot yeah, that's right. even come, like, even have an inkling of a grasp of, you know, walking with God in in a really a natural way. Mm. I don't think we can understand because Adam and Eve walked with God yeah. in a daily like, kind of a. I don't know if it was a face-to-face or if it was... I don't know. It was something that that we certainly can't understand. Being naked in your life, like, that's just the way they lived life. And having and not even really understanding that the, that there's anything different to that. What's, what's and, really, and being oh. so unashamed of that. Because just like a baby is unashamed of its nakedness. Because they don't understand that that's... Anything at all right. that that's anything any different. That's right. Yeah. What's really interesting is actually when Adam and Eve turned to clothing is after their sin. Like one of their natural responses to God catching them in their sin in, in chapter three is to Come what out. does the Bible say? It says they make clothing out of fig leaves. Yep. Um, which are, by the way, if you've ever been around a fig tree, touch the leaves <laughs> there. It's, it would be like, um, I mean, it would make woolen flannel seem nice and snuggly, mm. um, by comparison, which is just like us as humans that we try to fix something on our own and we fix it the most backwards way we possibly can. But for Adam and Eve, the innocence was correlated with the nakedness. Yeah. And I think again, I think it really comes back to the. And they were unashamed. And for me, the thing that I pull out of this verse is the natural state of man and the natural state of marriage is naked and unashamed. And, you know, I don't mean, please don't finish this episode and then take off all your clothes and go to work. Right. That That's not what I'm talking about. We, because we live under the reality of sin. And part of the reality of sin is lust and, and you know, all of the shame and all that that comes with, with being naked. But that's the kind of the point is from a marriage standpoint, Adam and Eve didn't even know what might or might not be shameful. So they just lived life mm-hmm. unashamed. Yeah. And, and that's really our calling as a married couple is to come as close to that ideal design. I mean, we are the channels called marriage by design. The design is guy leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife and her to him. And they live naked and unashamed. That's the twofold design for marriage. 
Yep. So, I mean, it's easy to talk about the naked, and, and I've heard plenty of people that turn that naked and unashamed thing into a sex thing, um, which is fine. I, look, I'm first of all, if you ever watch this channel, I'll literally be the last host of a marriage podcast on the internet to go, let's not worry about sex within marriage. But the Bible's super clear about the importance of sex in marriage. I just don't believe this verse is one of them. Um, and I think it is an interesting place, though, for for the Bible to say just that they lived naked and unashamed. Right. But but I feel like the the important part of that is is that like I don't necessarily even think that that verse meant. I mean, it definitely meant naked, meaning no clothing on. But I think it meant they lived completely transparently right. with each other. Right. And before the Lord. Yeah. And that's a big distinction that we wanted to make in talking about this naked and unashamed verse <clears throat> is that it's not, it's not just the physical. Right. Right. And how many of us men and women, but particularly women, how many of us want to find a relationship where we can live emotionally naked and unashamed? I mean, we, we've talked about heart care, a, a, a program that we help couples go through that kind of help them process the issues of their heart and a huge piece of that is the things they're holding on to that feel shameful to them mm -hmm. and it creates barriers within our marriage well what are those barriers those barriers are the things that prevent you from being naked and unashamed with your spouse emotionally spiritually intellectually in some cases kind of all the ways except physically yeah. although those things i mean how, how many couples the reason the physical nakedness isn't happening is because there isn't emotional or spiritual nakedness embraced within their relationship yeah. and it really comes down to transparency right oh yeah I, yeah which can be a hard thing for a lot of people Right. For different, in different ways of their life. Right. I mean, Adam and Eve, I guess, had the leg up in the standpoint of they didn't know any different. But for us, how do we, how do we as couples think about being naked and unashamed? And what things do we need to do to get more naked and more unashamed in our marriage? Yeah. And I'm going to go back to the, the, interesting way in which the Bible puts that verse right after they left their father and mother and were joined together and they were naked and ashamed. It doesn't say that beforehand, although we can assume that they were naked and unashamed before they got married. Right. right. But, but before we're married to our spouse, there shouldn't be a naked and unashamed complete, you know, That's a completely right. naked and unashamed um, relationship be between the two. And yes, of True. course that does mean physically, but I mean in all areas because you shouldn't have that complete intimacy with somebody other than your spouse, emotionally, spiritually, all that sort of thing. So there, there are pieces of you that need to be not just given to anybody, you know, yeah, so talk about that. From what, what do you mean by that? Like that there should that shouldn't be the case with other people. What about after your marriage? Like, are there should there be those relationships with anyone? You should be your real self, and your and your and you should be the most open with your spouse, right? After marriage, 
and then before marriage, I, I think you just have to be care be careful of what am I giving away to somebody that may not end up being my spouse, even if I'm engaged to them, even if our wedding day is, you know, 30 days away or whatever. Um, am I really, really, am I really becoming too emotionally or spiritually or whatever connected with that person in a way that blurs the line? So, excuse me so i think you hit on something really good there but i want to make the point because there's probably people going well why would you like i'm you know dating this girl it's really serious or i'm dating this guy i'm engaged with this guy yeah why would i not be doing those things so explain what the danger is of just going all in in a dating relationship where once you get engaged it's just you know (coughs) excuse me just you just it's just all out there on the table and what kind of things are you talking about holding back your debt no (laughs) right you definitely want to be true who you are you you don't want secrets right um secrets are not a good thing in a in a marriage that or in a in a relationship that's that's moving forward towards marriage yeah we don't want to keep secrets but there's a few there's a few reasons why you don't want to maybe have that oneness i mean one of them is that this person, unless you've said I do, signed the marriage license, is not your spouse and anything could happen, right? So we want to be careful with that. But also some of these emotional intimacy things, spiritual intimacy things can naturally lead to physical intimacy. Um, and so it can be hard to not be, <laughs> excuse me, not be physically intimate when you're choosing to you know have these deep conversations where it's just the two of you in a dark room (laughs) sure Uh, yeah but but no that's good but when you're you know it it can be hard to say no to the physical side of things when you are getting really deep emotionally and spiritually and mentally and whatever all those other things so you just have to be careful like is what we're talking about right now leading me to want more on the physical side of it. Right. Um, Particularly ladies, I would say in that case. Or is this some, is this a part of my heart that I'm sharing? Not because, I mean, again, you shouldn't keep secrets. Like I have a hundred thousand dollars of debt or uh, this, I, I had, I was sexually molested when I was younger, whatever, you know, these, you shouldn't keep secrets from somebody who is likely going to, to be your spouse or your, mm. it's moving that way. Mm. But, um, th- thinking about, is this something that I would only want to be talking about with my spouse? Mm. If that's true, then, then wait for that. The depth of that until you're married. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to have this. I wouldn't want my spouse to have this kind of, um, emotional intimacy with somebody else other than me yeah and and think about okay well then i shouldn't be doing that unless this is my unless this is actually my spouse yeah i think that's a good question to ask it is this piece of information would it upset me if i knew my spouse had shared this with other women besides me or other men besides me Um, or this level of 
intimacy in this area. Right. And we're and really we're talking about emotion. I mean a lot a lot yeah. of this is not facts based, right. right? It's not it's not withhold these facts about your life. It's it's talking about really digging into the depths of what makes you you. Mm-hmm. Um and you know for, for me the biggest issue with that there's two of them and you hit on one that as you start to bind your lives together you want to bind your legs together. <laughs> um and that can be problematic. Right. Um, so, so it's good. You know, I, like we've, we've talked about and we've, and we've, uh, advised couples that are within weeks of their wedding, um, to talk about what the sexual part of their marriage is going to look like. Um, I don't believe that's off, that that's out of bounds for a couple that's, that's headed that direction to do. Um, but we've always told them to do that in a public place, like a restaurant and then don't go home together. Yep. Um, and so there's some of those safeguards, uh, in place. The other thing is, you know, a lot of times couples want to jump in and share these things very early on in a relationship and the level of intimacy in your relationship tends to cause you to overlook red flags that you might not otherwise overlook. Yeah, that's a good point. Because in your mind you're going, well, man, I've shared all this stuff with this person. I'm we're so close to each other. And then you do this really dangerous thing. Once we're married, they'll probably stop doing Uh. whatever. Or, man, once we're married, I'm sure he'll grow into the leader that I want him to be. Or, once we're married, I'll convince him he doesn't really want to move to Pocatello, Idaho. To become a potato farmer. Become a potato farmer. Um, And the problem then is you get married, and guess what? They still, that person still wants to move to Pocatello, Iowa, or Idaho to become yep, a potato farmer. That's exactly right. And guess what you're doing as the wife? Moving. You're moving. Um, and so don't allow, th- th- this deep level of intimacy early on, the nakedness and unashamed, can cause you to cleave, really, yourself to someone before God's appointed time. Yeah. Um, really interesting. You're right. You point that out in 24. The, the, the leave and cleave thing is concurrent to marriage. Right. I mean, it's it's like the two will become one. That's marriage. Right. Yeah. It doesn't say in the Bible that you leave your father and mother and cleave to your wife at your wedding ceremony. Right. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But it says you will cleave to your wife and the two shall become one flesh. Right. That, that Those things happen together. Yeah. Um, and so we should be cautious about doing those things earlier than that. Right. Um, and I think that's a good I think that's a good warning. Uh you know, my addition to this would be really take some time, you and your spouse, look at, read this verse together and ask yourselves, what does it take in our relationship to be naked and unashamed all the time, mm-hmm. right? As much of the time as we can be, what does it take to do this? Um, and, you know, if he's anything like me, just brace yourself for the initial jokes about the naked part and not so much the unashamed part. But then uh, you can have a good laugh and then you can move on to really what's the harder work. Because for him, most likely, I understand not always, but as the bell curve goes, most likely, um, he's not going to have a problem with the naked part. Um, and if I were advising him and he were saying, man, I wish we could do, do the naked part more often, then we probably need to spend more time thinking about the unashamed part. And I mean, I can freely admit that this is probably something you and I struggle with much more than a couple that's been married 17 years ought to struggle with. And that's a direct result of 
you know, all the crushing blows that you and I committed against each other culminating in me going outside the marriage. And those, those things, they, they just, I'm not sure there's anything you can do to more crush someone's desire to be transparent and unashamed in a relationship than that. But it doesn't, it also, there's no, there's no repeal of this after the fall of man in chapter three, mm-hmm. right? God doesn't go, never mind. Now that you sinned, just kind of hang out together and maybe take your top off, right? I mean, it's not, there's no partial naked and partial unashamed. His desire for marriage is total naked, total unashamed. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't know, how do we, I mean, how do we pursue that as couples? Yeah, I think in the non-physical side of things, it depends upon, it depends a lot on the personalities of of the two people that are together, but sometimes that hang-up can be, I don't even know really how to be vulnerable in my own, in, to my own self, Mm. like, or I don't even know how I feel about these things, or Mm. I don't have really an emotional, uh, I'm not really in touch emotionally or spiritually or whatever. And so I think, I think it'd be really good for some people to really think about, well, okay, these things that have happened in your life that you feel like are big things that have ha- that have happened in your life. How do you feel about them? Talk to your spouse about that. Right. How do, how do I feel about that? How do I um wh- how how am I process how have I processed some of these things? How do I feel like they they've impacted me? Mm. What what are things that I struggle with as far as who I am? Um, what are some things that I don't, that I think are great about who I am and who I've become and, and what, what fed into that? I I think sometimes we can, there are people, and I used to be one of them that really have a hard time being introspective and it's really hard to be emotionally, spiritually, whatever, naked and unashamed when you don't even know how you feel about your own yeah, emotions you know yeah. about your own yeah. thinking and all right. that so taking the time to be introspective and and working through that and then sharing that with your spouse and that may be hard if that's a new thing for you mm. but you know work slowly on it then but but um it's a beautiful thing when you decide hey i really want to I really want to be more transparent to you about who I am and I would like the same and then being careful of course to not judge the other person in mm. that and not not um kind of knock them down when they're when they're doing that maybe trying to draw them out a little bit more and ask some additional questions about what they're saying but not accusatory questions um it's really a very beautiful for uh, for our relationship when I started realizing like I don't I don't know how to be introspective and and when I started doing that and then sharing some of that with Nathan I realized wow there's a whole other part of our relationship that we've just mm. begun because he's not really known who I am because I haven't known who I am mm. um, and so now we have a lot more conversation about those sorts of things and and it's not it's not like it's super easy for me but 
practice makes things easier. Um, so, so practicing that practice, maybe I'll have to practice that for another 40 years, you know, but that's okay. And then spiritually, that's actually easier. I think because as long as you're getting in the word, you just start talking about what you, what you're learning, what, how you feel like God's speaking to you or gosh, he's not speaking to me. And this is what I'm really struggling with. And, Mm. um, spiritually, I think it can be easier to, to have that intimacy spiritually because, uh, it it can just flow out of where you're at in the word at the moment. Yeah. I think, I think the bottom line is this is something that's a journey Mm -hmm. in marriage it's something where we have to take time to get to know ourselves yep. um, and ask yourselves the question of what things within our marriage do I feel shame about? It might be uh, might be past sins. It might be, hey, you've been married eight years and you've never been the spiritual leader you know the Lord wants you to be. And now how do I do that? Because she's had to do it because I didn't do it. Um, you know, you, you need to, we need to ask ourselves, what things am I ashamed of Mm -hmm. and be honest, um, and then have the courage to create an environment in your marriage where you guys can talk about these things, um, and, and give grace and not turn it into a goof around show every time you have these conversations. Um, so one thing that we have said is as far as the physical side of things, the sex side of things is it's really important to have conversations with your spouse about your sex life. Right. And the, we have found at least for us, um, at a, back in a time when we were kind of uncomfortable with that because it was new for us to really talk much about it with each other It's best to do it after we've had sex because you're just, I don't know, in a different spot, mentally i don't know less judgmental probably yeah you have you've had that connection so if that's a place in your marriage that you feel like needs to have some more naked and unashamed you know in the conversations or whatever um do that after you do that after you've had sex and it's yeah it's really an easier conversation to to be had then and then over time, I think it just becomes easier to have that conversation anytime right. that is appropriate. That's good. No, that's good. That's good. That's good. But the reality is that this is the, this is the state that God asks us to be in our marriage. So you might be listening to this and going, look, we probably have shame in our marriage, but our marriage works and I don't want to rock the boat mm. with this uncomfortable stuff. Well, the reality of the matter is uh, this is God's desire for you and your marriage. So, and I I would challenge you and say your marriage doesn't work because you're missing out on right. Really the marriage that God intended for you. And there are levels beyond what you've experienced that God wants for you. Right. So the challenge for everybody listening to this is in what ways in your marriage, if you are married, do you need to be nakeder and unashamed at her? (laughs) Uh, in what ways do you need to be more... He does not more... teach the homeschool around here. That's right. In what ways do you need to be more unashamed? Uh, and ultimately, knowing that we can be fully unashamed because of the work that Christ did on the cross. That's ultimately the freedom we have to be unashamed because mm-hmm. Christ took our shame upon him mm-hmm. and we don't need to carry that around anymore. So, you know, perhaps you're watching this and going, well, I don't even know anything about that. Um, and in which I would say to you that... Um, you know, there, there's a whole 
uh, gospel message out there um, for you to understand with regards to Christ taking all of your shame and sin upon himself on the cross, rising again three days later and thereby defeating that shame and death, that you can spend eternity with him and a lifetime here on earth free from that shame and, and guilt uh, if only you you ask, right? The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Saved from sin, saved from death, saved from shame, and our marriage can be that way as well. And that's what we want for each of you because, as Genesis 2.25 says, that's the way God designed marriage to be. Great. Awesome. Thanks, babe. Appreciate you for, for sharing all that. Yeah, I know you're you. feeling under the weather, so thanks for doing that. But, uh, guys, really appreciate you guys being here. Just love having you as a part of the community. Love having you every Monday. We'll be back at you again this Friday. Uh, roundabouts there. We're going to talk about what, babe? Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel and how to keep your kids from killing each other. <laughs> Until then, remember, God is for your marriage. Have a great week. <laughs>